0: Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, All praise be to Allah the Lord of the worlds over 100 episodes almost 40 different ethnic backgrounds living in almost 30 different countries in just 2 seasons the Nakabi Diaries podcast has brought you the stories of Muslim women across the globe women united in sisterhood by their commitment to the deen of Islam welcome to season 3 of the Nakabi Diaries podcast where inshallah we will continue to bring you the stories of the women behind the veil, the Nakabi Diaries, our experiences, our perspectives, our voices. I'm your host, Samar, and thank you for listening. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to another episode of season three of the Nakabi Diaries. Sister, could you please introduce yourself for us, the listeners, and tell us a little bit about what you do, inshallah.
1: Okay, my name is Rahisa, I'm a Nigerian, mm-hmm. and I just completed my law degree, alhamdulillah.
0: alhamdulillah. inshallah. So, um, can you give us a little bit of, um, you know, information about your religious background and how you came to be where the Naqab, inshallah? Well, alhamdulillah, I, um, I was
1: brought up in a very religious background, My parents are the really practicing Muslim type, and my mom is also a monocob, alhamdulillah.
0: Alhamdulillah. So
1: my background, my family is a kind of religious family. So I've always been using the hijab from childhood. At the long run, I started using the jilbab before using the niqab. And using the niqab has always been my dream, even though I started what I considered very late. But well, alhamdulillah I'm now using it now and it's over a year now, alhamdulillah.
0: Alhamdulillah. So um what how old were you when you started wearing it?
1: I was in um I just I was in I think um that should be Early 20s, like very early 20s.
0: Okay, yeah. alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. And because um, you mentioned that you, you feel like it was late that you started wearing it, some people might say that it was it's still quite early that you wore it because obviously there's sometimes people think that um, niqab is something that should be worn after getting married, for example. So, w- what did you mean by you feel it was quite late?
1: Oh, wow. Well, as for me, I've always seen um, niqabas around me. Mm-hmm. I got a very childhood friend who started using the niqab when she was probably 12, 13. Okay, so like we walk together and we talked together and like I've always seen her using it. And I've always been a child who has loved the niqab right from the start because I can remember always picking my mom's Nicob and using it. And anytime I watch um, videos of monokeros, probably like Lenny Dedean, or I just see them, there's just this emotional feelings I get. Like, and sometimes I just cry tears of joy. Like, yeah, Allah, I really want to wear this one day. Like, I really, really love it. And I used to wear it on and off. I would just pick it up, wear it, and just like check out myself. Like, oh, Mashallah, I really want to wear this. And because it has been something I've always wanted to wear right from um, secondary school when I was in, when I was about um, 11, 12 years. But then I kind of thought I was having like a barrier because then uh, when I got to the uni, I was taught in law. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I had this concern and I was kind of nervous of like starting it. Like, would I be allowed to wear it in school? Because we have had news here in Nigeria where the Nicob is not allowed in universities.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. We are
1: sisters in the club, they challenges and all that. So I was and for the fact that I was even studying law, it made it more difficult for me to like go on with the decision. So I was very skeptical, nervous, scared, like I really want to wear this. But anytime I see Munak listening to the hires of the hijab and jilbab, and just like listen to try to enlighten myself more about the Islamic aspect, the fiqh of the women dressing, it just gives me that that strength to really want to do it, that the eagerness, like, it grew really, really high. I was like, I was very impatient, like, I just want to wear this before I die, like, so when I started it, because I'd had the, um, the love for it way back, so I felt like, or oh, at the time I started, it was kind of late because if I had known better, I wouldn't have allowed anything to come my way in using it. So that's why I feel um, I started late. So, alhamdulillah, I later took the courage to start wearing it. And so far, I've not really faced much issue with it in school,
0: alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, barak that's really, really good, hamdulillah. May Allah keep you steadfast. There. I mean, it's nice to hear that, Um, you know, you wanted to wear it for such a long time. Even me, I had a similar experience when I became Muslim. I'd wanted to wear hijab, the naqab from the beginning as well, but, you know, it's like, you know, like you said, um, you know, you feel some type of nervousness, and at the time as well, because I was new Muslim, I was just started to wear the hijab, and I felt like, oh, what is my family going to say if I put the naqab on as well now, because even the hijab itself, yeah. there was like, you know, had a problem with it, so... It can always be like these outside influences, which sometimes it can stop you from doing the things that you want to do. And you know that you, you have the right to do it, but you know, they kind of make you lose that confidence to be able to just go for it.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. SubhanAllah. So, um, hamdala, you've um graduated from, from studying law as well. Now, do you, te- do you intend to practice law at all? Or, um, is there any kind of, um, you know, is is it accessible for you to practice as a Nakabi?
1: Well, yeah, in Nigeria, it's going to be a very difficult thing to do. Like, it comes with a lot of challenges. Personally, I don't see myself practicing the law, Mm -hmm. but then after the law degree in uni, I would still have to go to the law school where you are certified to become a barrister. You can litigate in court and all that. Mm -hmm. And this is an institution where... The use of the carb won't be allowed. So, like most monarchs are using in the carb as lawyers, they face the same challenges. Some even don't bother to go to the law school because of compromising their jilbab and all that. But um, I've seen, I know of a, a magistrate here in Nigeria. She's a monarch, but then there are limits to what she can do. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a difficult thing. Well, I'm just hoping and praying like uh, it won't be too bad.
0: Inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah, I we'll be going it for that.
1: Inshallah. I mean.
0: So um you know, so if for example, you know, it happens that you can't practice law but like what kind of things do you intend to do? What's your other options?
1: Okay. Um for me, I well, aside from law, there's something we call the ADH the alternative dispute resolution it's more like a law mechanism like a mechanism to resolving dispute it's very similar to law but then i decided to take some professional courses in that line and I think I would be going, moving forward with that practicing with that, and also personally I'm very into the Sharia law aspect. So I intend to further my education in the Sharia part, learn more about it because I'm very passionate about learning about the thing, and I've got some little foundational knowledge about it, so like I'm really like like, I have this high quest of knowledge. So, that is what I plan doing after the whole law degree issue going on mm-hmm. with it, trying to study more about Islam and just like making it a way of life, teaching Muslims and all. Because I've noticed that, yeah, in Nigeria, we have less um, Muhalimahs, less um, Ustad that you can always go to and ask questions and all. Because I found out that even going to um, this, the male, to talk to them, ask questions, it has brought about a lot of fitna to women, mm. so I just want to be someone that people can always reach out to for Islamic knowledge, advice, and all that, just to minimize the um, the fitna that women are facing in the society. Yeah.
0: That's really noble of you, so uh, do they have um, like Islamic um, schools there in Nigeria where you can go and study Sharia?
1: Well, we don't have an Islamic uni, but there are some universities that um, they study, as a student, you can study combined law, which is the common law and the Sharia law. But for the university I went to, it's a private uni, so we don't have that. I wasn't um, able to study the Sharia law. I was just able to take some very optional courses. Mm-hmm. So, but we don't really have an Islamic institute here in Nigeria to study only Sharia law. So, you have to travel abroad or go to other Islamic countries to study that. So, that's why you tend to do inshallah. Okay,
0: inshallah. Amen. Amen. Allah make it facilitate Amen. Inshallah. So, have you done any other, have you traveled outside the country with um at all? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But,
1: um, well, no, I don't think I have, but I've gone to, I've been to, like, train stations, like, mm-hmm. which the security, it's more like um the um airport one, Yes. and so far, there I went, I didn't have any problem with it. The only thing I noticed, people were just, like, kind of staring and all that, but there was an issue with the security personnel and all, alhamdulillah.
0: Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So, um, have, you, have you faced any kind of abuse um, for Wadna Naqab at all?
1: Uh, somehow I have, but not a physical abuse. It's more like um a verbal abuse. Um, when I started using the Nekar in school, because before I started it, my classmates already know me. Mm-hmm. They know the kind of they know what I look like. So when I started it, I heard some of them coming to me like you, why are you using in the car? Why would you cover your beautiful face and all that? like, don't use it, it's, it's it this, it's that and all. And I'll be like, don't worry, we'll still see your face. We know when you go to the law school, you will be able to use in the curb and all that. So it's somehow when I hear those things, I just feel like, ah, oh, Subhanallah, what's this? And sometimes um, when I try to interact with some people, I was the time, I went to a supermarket to get something And I was requesting for like some change. And she was just like, it's because of what you are using. I can't even, that's why you can't speak loud. I was just like, you won't tell me you can't hear what I'm saying. You just say you you hate what I'm wearing. So why would you try to like abuse me because of what I'm wearing for something that is so obvious it's your fault. So it's things like that, just like little, little things and all that. So that's just it. And there are some times that, because they're in Nigeria, when you are using the club they believe to you to be like a local um lady nice. you are not educated mm. you don't know this you don't know that so when they interact with you they interact with you on a local level and just try to talk to you in a, in a very funny way but when they hear you speak english they'll be like so hammy like oh so she's educated so why are you wearing Allah. this and all that It'll Be like different things and all that well
0: alhamdulillah it's amazing like even as africans we we criticize or we critique ourselves based on who's english like you know who can speak better english or you know other, our use of the english right. language subhanallah it's it's, it's really it's something really bad to be honest subhanallah we like to yes, you know, yes. measure yes. each other's level of intelligence yes. just on that subhanallah
1: exactly because there was a time i was in the bank hall waiting for them to attend to me and i got some mm-hmm. other men beside me and the lady just came she spoke to the guys in english like she really interacted with them and when she came to me she just switched to the local language so i, I was like i shouldn't be annoyed but then i felt very annoyed like why did you do that do you mm-hmm. think i wouldn't understand english yeah. why did you have to like everybody sitting beside me i was like oh god how, what this what do you think of me but then, yeah, we'll Allahumma
0: subhanallah, subhanallah. So, um, on that note, would you say that that the naqab is a barrier in your experience, and in like in which kind of sense?
1: Well, I would say it's a barrier, and it's not a barrier. It's a barrier to not um trying to minimize um going against the uh, regulation of Islam like when you use the Nakab, the car is going to put you in a kind of place that before you do something that now is not pleased with you, would have to think about it twice. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a barrier that will just block you from like doing some things that as we, even though they are not accepted in Islam or probably the society has made it something that is lawful. But it's not a barrier in terms of you achieving your dreams and all that because um, I've got like, monocoba as well are doing very well here in Nigeria. Like I look up to them because it just really amazes me when I see a monocoba being your doctor, your lawyer, you are like a very business woman and all that. So it's not a barrier yeah. when it comes to achieving your dreams because personally I just believe like one of um when I started using the club, I told myself like at the end of the day when I'm leaving the school or when whenever I'm doing whatever I want to do. I want to be able to be, to prove it to the world, to the Muslim humma, that with your niqab, you can do whatever you want to do in as much as you set your mind to it and you trust Allah. So Absolutely. don't let the niqab limit you. And when I started using the niqab, one of my lecturers called me, it was like, Rahisa, now that you started using the niqab, make sure you do better and you studies this like you have to like you have to put more effort in your studies Mm -hmm. so that at the end of the day people won't say it's because you started using the Nakab that you started falling back in your grades and all that Mm -hmm. so i just just see the as like it's not going to stop you from achieving whatever you want to achieve because you just have to prove it to people like with my niqab my niqab does not limit me to achieving in as much as i'm not passing the boundaries of islam if I'm still maintaining the boundaries of Islam, what mm-hmm. Allah is asking me to do, I'm still be, I'm still able to do it. I can achieve whatever I want to achieve, and it will just be like um, I'll be a role model to other Muslims who want to use the decor. And are still contemplating on whether it's going to be a barrier to them achieving their goals and all that. So I don't see it as a barrier, in, like when it comes to you achieving what you want to achieve or like doing what you want to do, in as much as they are trying to follow the laws of Islam. And you are seeking Allah's pleasure. You are doing it for the sake of Allah, not for the sake of any other thing.
0: No. So um, do you, um, what kind of advice would you give to other sisters like yourself who have been like through similar experiences? That, you know, they wanted to wear the naqab. And even though they was in an environment where they've seen many other naqabi, you know, sisters, monaqibahs. But they still feel like they don't have the confidence to wear it. What advice would you give them?
1: Well, my advice to everyone who was the Niqab but still contemplating is just go for it. Just go for it because, um, fine, we know we have opinions that Niqab is not what I and all that, but what we all know or what the scholars have agreed upon is it's the highest level of modesty. It's a very highly rewarded thing you can do as a Muslim woman. So just do it, just do it. Trust Allah that is going to see you through the journey. Know that you are doing, and try to like, um, surround yourself with sisters who would encourage you to keep going and all that. Because as for me, I wanted to do it. I had the mind like, oh, yeah, well, I want to do this before I die. But then when I keep postponing it because I feel my studies will be a barrier or will be an hindrance to me, I just talk to myself one day like, what if I die tomorrow? Like, I don't know when I'm going to die. So why not just do it? And just when you're going to die, you're going to die with it. So I just advise sisters, like, just do it. Put your mind to it. It's It might not be easy. But well, trust me, Allah would make it easy for you. When you have the tower call, when you have the sub and you are very like you know what you want to do, you know why you are doing this, you are doing this for the sake of Allah, just go on with it and with time everything will fall into place. And even if we have, you have probably your friends and families that are against it, when you are use, when you start using it, just try to relate to them with a very good behavior so that they won't they won't attach your bad behavior to the to the using of the niqab because oh, and with time when you're trying to like convince them like oh this is why i want to wear it this is why i'm wearing it with time they'll just have to like just get tired of talking to you all the time about it and they will just be forced to accept it so just make the Allah make it easy for me is my parents make it easy for my parents to accept me and just like go for it because in this world, we have, there is a lot of fitness and I feel like using the NACO, It's there is a barrier like it's going to reduce the level of harm or like the fitness that will come to you because before like we now have the issue of rape, like um, sexual harassment and all that, but when you're in NACOB, automatically it's going to reduce because people would think too high before coming to meet a monocob or in NACOB on the street. Mm-hmm. and like when you're on the streets with your fa- with your fa- face reviewed and all that so yeah, that make it easy for everyone who wants to wear the niqab I
0: mean, I mean. so I mean um, you mentioned there about uh, you know like uh, having kind of uh, obstacles from people in your family and friends like that have you faced any of that at all? I know you said your mom wears the niqab and stuff but have you faced obstacles from anybody else in your family when you started wearing it?
1: Um, well, it wasn't really a big obstacle because aside from my immediate family, I have um other extended families that are not really practicing and they see the nikob as an issue. So like here in Nigeria, when you use the nikob they believe maybe you already have someone you want to marry or probably you're married. So when I started using the nikob I got comments from aunties like, why is in this nikob Are you married? this and that so like I'm not married oh they will force you to wear it they're like no one forced me so they just like kept murmuring and all that and recently one of my uncle was like when he was trying to like address us it was like you that you're using the club you yeah, not part of was just the ones like, hey these are my daughters uh-huh. like it was referring to like other siblings that are not using in the car like uh-huh. oh these are like my people but you that so I felt like I, w- I didn't feel offended because I know, like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and no one has the right to stop me. So you can say whatever you want to, but I won't let your words get into me. So that was what I just used to, like, take it off. And for my friends, yes, I had some friends who were not really close friends, but, like, people I talked to a little bit in school, like mm-hmm. my school, my classmates. Like, Rahisa, why are you using this? Why do you have to use this? This is too much. This is extreme. This is this. This is a. But then as I just like, some of them will be like, now that you're covering everything now, you don't want us to see your face or this, you don't want to wear beautiful clothes. Or like, why do you just want to cover? Like, why would you want to cover? You know, just like, well, it's my choice and no one is forcing me. I don't care whatever you say. So if you don't want to talk to me, it's not by force. Cause um, when I was in school, I was like the class representative
0: mm-hmm. for
1: like five years. That's so cool. when I started in the club, they were like, Rahisa, you that you're a governor. How do you expect us to relate with you or have you as a class representative with you using in the club? I was just I just told them, like, well, it's your choice. It's not it's not compulsory. I'm the class representative. You can always pick someone else. Whereas for me, using it in the club, I would never compromise that. So you can hold on to your post and give it to someone else who you like. But for me to take over my in the club because you don't, Want a monocaba to be a class representative, then it's your choice. I'm not not just all about this class representative. After all, you're not even paying me. It's a sadaka. So, what's your problem with it? So, that was what I do tell them anytime Mm -hmm. they try to bring it up. And the old issue just died down. And I I was able to complete um, being the class representative. Oh, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. So,
0: you kept your post then in the end.
1: Yes, alhamdulillah, and well, and also I, I was involved in some other things in school, and um, it didn't really affect me, people just had to accept it, there was a time I went to um, a Christian only school okay. for a professional course, mm-hmm. when I wanted to enter, I'd already prepared my mind, like I was going to face issue with my niqab. Mm -hmm. so when I got to the school gate they were like oh you can't enter the school we don't allow people to dress like this in this school and all that Mm -hmm. I just stood outside and just kept watching them like okay let's see what will happen so after some time I got a brother who just had to talk to security people like oh just allow her in. she's not going to stay here forever it's just a few days and all so with that they just allowed me to enter when I got inside people were just looking at me where's this girl from because it's a Christian school yes well then i was with time The people i was with they just accepted me and they even praised me like they they didn't expect this from in a like this mm-hmm. is really amazing <laughs> 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 so
0: that was, that's, that's that's really good like you're really standing your ground mashallah <laughs> with your knockout are not compromising it about week. mashallah <laughs> it's really good so um yeah something that you mentioned there actually um yeah obviously since you've been wearing the naqab. So you've had some some slight obstacles, you could say, but Hamza, you've managed to come through those. So based on your personal experiences, um, would you say that um, sisters who wear the hijab get treated differently from sisters who wear the naqab?
1: Um, well, yes, on a positive and negative side. On a positive side, yes, because I feel the um, people regard more respect. So um, um, women in club—that that is if you are in a Muslim environment, actually, because they just give you the more respect. Um, During my last my last days in school, I, I had a supervisor who was to supervise my project, my final year project, which was a partial fulfillment for you to a- attain the law degree. So when he saw me, he was very amazed, like, oh, mashallah. And he just gave me the respect. There were even times um, I I did some things I delayed him was supposed to flare up and get angry. Mm. But like he just respected me and always tell me like I can't see someone like you and get angry at you. So like I really felt amazed like oh alhamdulillah, like that respect is just there. the respect mm-hmm. he couldn't give to other people. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was trying to like um, favor me more. Mm. but it's just a respect like for you to be able to do this at this age and in the kind of society you find yourself like because in my school we don't have much monoculars yeah we are just like as of the old students that just we just have three students in the club so it was something like wow like you can do this and on the negative side yes an example of a relative that I told you about that when he was trying to address us, he told yes. me like you're yeah, not part of us. So that's one. So when hijabis can sometimes be like prioritized to uh um, because they few monocobas, those mm-hmm. people using the club are doing extreme are going extreme. So they just try to like put them aside like this you're yeah, not the kind of person we want, like just stay one side, like these are the kind of people Once they want people that are using the hijab and like fashion about it, like yeah. just like that so oh, well alhamdulillah
0: alhamdulillah so um <clears throat> have you ever met any sisters who've been forced into wearing it no no actually except
1: what i see on social media but i've actually had um, Sisters who wants to wear the niqab but are not allowed to by their parents. The kind of friends they have, mm-hmm. they are my friends, very close friends. They tell me, Rahisa, I want to use the niqab, but my parents are not allowing me. They are going mm-hmm. to disown me if I wear it and all that. So it's kind of very painful. I just tell them to like, just keep praying, just ask Allah to soften their hearts. Try to be more obedient towards them. Try to like, just please them more to some certain extent so that when you finally get the courage to use in the club, they won't really have much to say because you would have proof to them like Islam is not, is not um, a bad religion. Islam is not asking you to be, um, is not telling you, teaching you to be a very bad mannered child. So just be cool to them, respect them more than you are doing before because you know that you are bringing in something that they don't accept. So by the time just and just consistently praise that Allah soften their hearts because our parents are people we are not meant to disrespect. But then when it comes to issues like this, one have to be very careful because when you disrespect them, yeah there is possibility they um link you to the Islam of like oh is this what your dean is teaching you? So you just have to be very careful yes, and try is. to respect them and still trying to like. Obey what Allah has asked you to do, like to what Allah has asked you to do. So I just try to like console them, like just try your best. And in Nigeria, the best way to actually like be able to use nikah if you have those kind of parents is just to get married. But then we have some parents who are not even advising their kids to get married. Who we'll find getting married early as a taboo, like you are not done with your education, yes. you are too young to get married and all this kind of thing, or like your your elder sister must gotten married so it's just like it just has to like the only thing they have to do is just to keep praying to Allah
0: yes subhanAllah so ease their affairs and make it easy so it you know you just mentioned about um, sisters having to wait for their older sisters to get married so is that something that's quite still common in Nigeria then where they kind of marry off the children in order of age Well, not that they marry
1: of their children, but there are some family, there are some parents who would not allow the younger child to get married before the older child. Mm -hmm. I've had some friends who say that I can't get married because my elder sister not got married. So it's a thing in in Nigeria. Even if the lady really wants to get married and probably has a brother she has interest in Mm. and maybe a sister is even someone that is not even ready at all or does not see marriage coming or happening anytime soon. They'll use that to the lady, younger sister, who is very much ready. So it's a kind of issue that some sisters here in Nigeria are facing. Um, as a matter of fact, I have two friends who have parents like that.
0: SubhanAllah, my Allah, make it easy for them. It's really difficult situation, SubhanAllah.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: yes, it is, actually. yes okay alhamdulillah I don't know about it, sister, so I'll ask you the last question which is what does the nakab mean to you? The
1: nakab to me it means freedom it's a comfort zone for me just it's it's I don't know how to describe it actually but it means a lot to me because um, before I started using the nakab I didn't have much courage to speak in public. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I'm, um, if I'm called to come and speak with sisters or just like in class when you ask questions and all that, because my school is a mixed school, obviously. So um, there wasn't much courage because I always have the feeling like, oh, people are staring at me. Or like when people are actually staring at me, I feel so uncomfortable. When I started using in the club, I felt more confident. More like courageous to actually like speak in front of people because I know people are not staring at me. Even if they are staring at me, they are not staring at my face. They are okay. just looking at the outfit, or they can only see colors, mm-hmm. not my actual face. So it just gave me that kind of confident peace of mind, the freedom, and just I just felt like because I kept telling my my siblings, my mom, my friends, like I wish I had won this thing way back. Like this is amazing. This I have this amazing feeling from the life and the cob is just everything to me it's it's something I wish I had used earlier like sometimes I blame myself for like Rahisa, why why haven't you worn it this much earlier you should have just worn it wearing water to wear it and not think your screen is going to be a barrier to you so Alhamdulillah so far.
0: Alhamdulillah. 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 At least you, you've done it now. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. JazakAllah khair, sister, yeah. for talking with us. It's been really, really lovely listening to your story and inshallah, the sisters will benefit much from it.
1: Alhamdulillah. JazakAllah Karen, for having me. I'm really pleased to to be here because I've always listened to your podcast and watched you from way back. So, Truly really a for the pleasurable day held the lab. <laughs> Jazak
0: Allah, Allah. for the support system. It really means a lot Alhamdulillah.
1: Alhamdulillah barakallahu fi.
0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum s
1: wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.